0: Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. hello welcome back to let this mind be you I'm brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on a Thursday night I'm back to my regular schedule uh, but just a few minutes late uh, I apologize about that um, of course technical difficulties right at the last moment audio was giving me trouble so I had to make sure that was right um, thank the Lord the um, looks like the internet is working. Uh, but just in case, I am making sure from here on out that I'm recording at the same time that I'm streaming. So um, my poor laptop, though, is is uh, I can hear it humming. <laughs> it's, it's struggling just a tad bit. Uh, but I'm recording that. I'm recording the, um, the um, audio. Uh, so sure, that be, should be coming in pretty good. I'm pretty happy about that. That's working great. Well... Let's get started. All right, so I'm gonna to try to make these a little bit faster, like I said. Uh, not that um, you know, I'm trying to rush through anything. Um, as you can tell from the name on the video, uh, the uh, I guess you would say the uh, the the title of tonight's broadcast. Uh, the the first thing that I want to do is uh, remember someone. Um, so this past Sunday, uh, my principal at my school, so I went to a school in uh, Martinsville, Indiana, for, from fourth grade all the way up to I, I graduated, um, you know, my senior year and, uh, in, back in 2000. <laughs> so it was a few years ago. But uh, my principal for that entire time, uh, one of the first people we met when we got into the school was uh, uh, Brother Don Nations. And uh, this past Sunday, he passed away. Uh, he had uh, cancer for a, a good bit and uh, was out in Arizona um, now but uh, if if their family ever watches this, uh, you know a lot has, a lot has been said online already about uh, Brother nations. Um, but I just wanted to really quickly remember him and uh, what an impact he made on so many people's lives. Um, I got you know probably in my fair share of trouble, but the man was very fair. And uh, a good man, loved the Lord, and uh, just spent all them years—twenty-seven uh, years, I believe—as uh, a school principal, and uh, you know, just did an outstanding job, you know. And I wanted to read a couple of verses. Uh, we'll get into Second Corinthians chapter seven uh, a little bit here in just a moment, uh, speaking about uh, that, and we'll we'll make a couple of uh, parallels. But I wanted to read in uh, in First sec- in Corinthians chapter nine, uh, verse number twenty-four. And you know, verse twenty-three says, and this I do." This is Paul speaking, of course, uh, for the gospel's sake that I might be partakers thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race, run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may, excuse me, that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. I and mean, one thing I didn't remember about Brother Nation is very temperate. You know, I, I never saw him get like uh, super high like energy as far as like, uh, you know, yelling or screaming or anything like that. But he also wasn't a pushover. And, uh, you know, a very, not a very tall man. You know, he's, uh, I was several inches taller than him. and uh, But he carried himself well. And the, the, the mastery that he had in, in biology and sciences and, you know, taught many of the classes and just loved all the students there as the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, you know, people that run a race or, you know, things that, you know, that are temporary in this life, um, that's a temporary crown. You know, you get a, a, a medal at the end of the, of the games or, you know, you, you win a, a, a prize that's just going to rust and corrupt and, and go away. But he's won, Brother Nations has won a higher prize. But we and incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. And then really quickly turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. When I uh, used to fight, I had a mouth guard with this verse on it. You know, I had this uh, this this verse reference in it. And uh, it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7, "For I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Speaking of when that body is raised incorruptible, you know, this new body that he's going to give us, that that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And that's was Brother Nations. And I just wanted to say really quickly, those that maybe are watching live or watch this later on, I don't know if his daughter or anybody else will see this, um, but you know, brother nations, you know, we don't, um, you know, we don't mourn you as others that have no hope. Um, of course it's, it's, it's very sad, you know, it like, you know, it, when anybody close to us dies and somebody, especially that had that big of an impact on so many people's lives, he's being memorialized, but I just think of the, the fact that he ran his race well and therefore there's laid for up for him an un- incorruptible crown and he's fought the good fight, and he's, you know, and and that's what it was, and uh, so, of course, we'll miss him. I know his his children, his wife miss him, Uh, those that uh, knew him, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, now adults, uh, for the most part. Uh, He retired, I think, back in 2013, so about nine years ago, but you know, the, the impact that he had. And I can always remember, you know, him driving buses to games and, you know, just, you know, cheering on, uh, his, his boys and girls and, uh, um, a lovely man. And, uh, I'm thankful that I had him in my life. And, uh, I just wanted to remember brother nations, brother Don nations that went home to be with the Lord this past Sunday. And, um, uh, He's, there's no longer any sort of dealing with any of that pain of can, of cancer. Um, he's been made whole waiting for that redemption of that that corruptible body that will be made incorruptible and when he gets his new body. So we praise the Lord for that. We don't mourn as others without any hope. We do have that blessed hope of the resurrection in Christ. Okay, so, hey, you know... Uh, there's no sense of like even getting any um, emotional or trying to do all those different kinds of things. You know, I, I, when I heard about it uh, at first, I, you know, I, I was like, well, who, who did you hear? I heard it from my sister This you know, I was like, who'd you hear it from? Cause I, I knew it was close. Um, he's been dealing with it for a while. And uh, but when I first heard it, it, just, it just didn't seem real, you know, but I'm, I'm 41 years old now and there's starting to be, they talk about when you get to be this age, when, you know, oh, man, more people from your life start passing away. And I've uh, been dealing with uh, my my father-in-law, who's uh, been uh, in and out of the hospital, is in the hospital right now. And, you know, just dealing with these things. But I got a chance to talk to him and uh, didn't give him my assurance. But I gave him the, the, the gospel and, and told him, hey, what are you trusting in for your salvation? If you were to die tonight... And um, he says that he's trusting in faith and that alone. He's not trusting any works that he's done. And he's certainly lived a rough life. Um, I can't see his heart. And I told him, I said, you know, that that's something you have to be working out your own salvation. You have to understand that it's not about yourself and, and right, you know, the works of righteousness, which we have done, but his righteousness that we're going to stand in his body that's racked with pain and all these other things will one day be raised incorruptible. And I'm just thinking about brother nations now and that doesn't have to deal with cancer and all those different things. Uh, So we love you and uh, we love uh, your family. And um, so the family, if you do see this, I just want to say how big of an impact. I know a lot of lots of people got, uh, have have been saying this over the past uh, several days. And uh, I just wanted to publicly uh, mention that as a, it's you know not a memorial, but just as a remembrance of uh, my high school and elementary and middle school te- uh, principal and teacher, uh, bus driver to basketball games and all around great guy, brother Donations. So, all right, let's get over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter seven. A short, a short chapter, um, and I know it's been a while since we've been in Second Corinthians. Excuse me, I'm gonna get another drink of this coffee here. I'm trying to catch my breath. Um trying to run around trying to get this thing fixed before we started. But um I know it's been a while. And um it, it just as a way of reminder, like let's read just a, a couple of verses. Um Um, In verse number 17 of chapter six. So let's just go back there and read that real quick. Uh, And it says, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. See this, the, you know, you are a a new creature in Christ. You're, you've been bought with a price, all these different kinds of things, you know, all these things that we've been receiving now. So therefore, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty having therefore you know it it continues right into this here in this letter having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit look notice that's a little s uh, small s spirit you know like that's talking about your mind and your and your body here bring it under you know control be temperate in all things bring your body into subjection through the power of the Holy Spirit Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. There is responsibility upon us now. Now that He's made us new creatures in Christ, we're not made righteous by our works, but now Ephesians two ten says that after that you've been created, this this now having these promises, you've been created therefore unto good works. That's what you've been created to do. These good works live in the uh, by faith through the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, all these different things that we've talked about before because we have these promises that we will have one day, as we talked about Brother Nations, will be raised incorruptible. We have the the blessed hope. We have the promises. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So therefore, you have these promises. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and Spirit. Now, are you? Can you do this on your own accord? Of course not. However, the more you die to self and live in the Spirit, He controls you. You are able to subject your body. You're, you're, you're to tamp down these things, and you have this power now through the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be able to do these things. So what a what a great thing, what an uh, uh, amazing thing that we have the ability now because of Christ in us. All right. uh, Verse number two, receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that ye are in our hearts to die and live with you. Now, Paul is getting into now, uh, you know, his commendation of the church here in Corinth, because you remember the first letter was uh, taking them to the woodshed, to use an old term, giving them a paddling. As we've we've went through the book of First Corinthians, they, there was a lot of things that they needed to do. They were kind of living in this thing where, like, oh yes, I have grace, I I live in grace, I I'm I'm free from the law, and all these other kinds of things. So maybe they were just flippantly living. And he's like, not so. Don't continue in sin that grace may abound. God forbid these things. These things that are uh, among you, purge them out. You know that you know a, a little leaven, leavens a whole lot All these things that it, it talked about in First Corinthians, his first letter. Okay, so with that in mind, now he's writing this second letter, giving uh, giving um, them a a commendation. A, 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 hey, I'm so thankful now to hear about you and your 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 repentance your changed attitude, your changed mind about what sin is and to get these things out. So now he's, com- um, you know, commendating them. You know, he's giving them a commendation. He's giving them, um, I guess you would say, not just like my praise, an empty praise or anything like that, but, you know, he's lauding them. He's saying, look, he's encouraging them, I guess would be a better word, in the Lord to say, now you've purged out these things. Great is my boldness, verse number four, of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. Look at that. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all of our tribulations. So Paul says, all these things that I'm going through, I'm he, when I hear about what you guys have done and, and understood who you are in Christ and that we should now cleanse out these things and keep our, our uh, spirit under control, our, which is our mind, and keep our bodies under control, and to live in the spirit and to cleanse out this unfilthy you know, this filthiness he said I'm joyful for that and all this tribulation I'm going through I'm still joyful in all that because of hearing about this for when we were coming to Macedonia our flesh had no rest now you can go back to acts uh, to look at this in content uh, context you know about what Paul's talking about here and what he's talking about is all sorts of tribulation they're coming into Macedonia they're getting beat they're getting they had no rest he says in verse number five. But we were troubled on every side; without were fightings, within were fears. Paul was a human, after all. Now, you know, we we say, you know, hey, I don't have any fear of this, and you hear a lot of people talk boldly, and I I, I can't speak for I can't speak for Brother Nations, okay? I wasn't there. Um, and, and speaking with him, you know, it's been many, many years since I've, I've spoken to, uh, to the man personally, but I would venture a guess that he was assured of his salvation. He knew where he was going to go when he died, but within were probably fears. That's a natural thing because we have this body of flesh still. And so since that's the case, we, it's natural that we will have these fears. But look what was going on. On the outside were these fightings, this, this tribulation, Paul said, but and within were, were fears. Nevertheless, I love this verse, and that's where we um, i put this in the title here. Um, nevertheless, God, the great Comforter, nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So we know the name Titus. Uh, Paul wrote a letter to Titus. We have that in in the inspired, um, inerrant, infallible, uh, preserved word of God in in the English language, the King James Bible. We have that here where we can see about Titus. But what did Titus do? He came with news from the churches there in Corinth. The church at Corinth there and all these things that were going on there So no matter what was going on on the outside and even internally inside the Apostle Paul, the church comforted him. The body of Christ was able to come in and edify him. Now, hearing about a local body of Christ that was there in Corinth from Titus, when Titus came, he said he was comforted by the God of comfort, the great comforter. I think about that, the Prince of Peace God, the comforter. Think We think about that in John chapter 14, where Jesus tells his disciples that I will come to you. He said, I will be in you. He said, my spirit will be put in you. I will come to you and indwell you and comfort you. I did a study. Oh, it's on uh, What's on My Mind series. I think it's in that. So you can look at the playlist there and, and try to find that. But um, it talks about comforter. And in that, um, I went back to the old Testament, you know, that there was just, you know, the Holy spirit would come upon people in the old Testament, but there was not the indwelling of the Holy spirit that we have now, the gift of God, the, the, the Holy spirit of God that's within us now to comfort us at all times. They didn't have the indwelling. And it's very interesting. The verses that I use in that study, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes in a couple of places, we talked about they had no comforter, and I now and then I fast forward and think about when Christ was talking to his disciples in John fourteen, and after he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and was seen of men for forty days. He ascended up into heaven, and for seven days they had no comforter. And you notice in Acts, you know, you see what the disciples are doing. They're in one accord, you know, they're they're in the upper room or wherever they they were staying. But they were kind of like shut in. There was no boldness yet. There was no comfort yet. But then the Holy Spirit came upon them and indwelled them. And you see that in Acts chapter 2 and they spoke boldly and they all these different kinds of things because then they had the comforter. Christ had come. And Christ in you, the hope of glory, these things that we have now, this great hope, nevertheless God, the comforter, those that are cast down. So no matter what's going on in the outside and the, in the problems that are, the, they're, they're knocking on the door. So it's going to be loud now, but I'm going to keep going. Um, the dogs will be barking, but that's the joys of living in the RV now, I guess. Uh, so they had the, uh, as I was saying, the comforter was now in them and, and dwelling in them. And they had a comforter now, and that's what we have now. So even if we have these fears, Brother nations and others have that comforter, have that with them, and so it's a, it's a great thing to see there, wow. and, and it's uh, nevertheless God that comforteth those that are cast down comforteth us by the coming of Titus, and Titus brought back this news, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you, when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent excuse me your fervent mind towards me so that I rejoice the more. And Paul then says, you know, we we see the first letter here when he says, for though I made you sorry with a letter, this is speaking, of course, of 1 Corinthians, I do not repent. I don't change my mind on that. Though I did repent. So, you know, he doesn't repent from what, you know, obviously through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the things that he wrote, but now he's had this change of mind, for I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were, but for a season. So, again, showing his humanity, <laughs> he still was a human, after all. And, of course, he was saddened to have to do that. He didn't take any pleasure in that. So I have to believe that's what it's talking about when he says, I do not repent, though I did repent. Because um, you know, he knew it made them sorrowful. They knew they had the, the repentance that was there. And that's what he says, for a season. Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrow to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. So here's, um, here's another thing that gets debated all the time is whether or not, you know, you know repentance and all these different kinds of things. Um, look at verse number 10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance through salvation. Now, some people say, well, this is a physical salvation. These people were already saved. They repented. Therefore, you know that's that's what they were working there. So that's what's going on. That there's not this. Uh, you don't have to have repentance or a change mind towards God. You know, be sorrowful for your sins uh, in order uh, in order for salvation. But what I would tell you is, is the principle is absolutely clearly there because you look at the other thing. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. And so as you see this here, the repentance, the salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. You know, the 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 works, you know, if you're if you have this uh the, the works of the world, which is this sorry I got caught, or have like this unrepentant heart, this this non-contrite heart. And with that I want to say also this. You know, people say, uh, say, well, you can't depend upon an experience, and I absolutely agree. Some people weep and cry. They've lived more of a life, and maybe there's more to, uh, to repent of, I guess you would say. There's more to that, and maybe that shows out a little bit more in some emotion. I'm not saying that your salvation depends upon an emotion. Your salvation depends on none other but Jesus Christ. He does the work. But you have to come to him as a broken, contrite-hearted, godly sorrow individual. The right sorrow. Not some sort of little weeping and wailing, and that means you got saved. But if you weren't doing those things, then you're not saved. And that's depending upon works, folks. I'm not talking about that. What I do talk about, though, is that there is a such thing as godly sorrow which worketh repentance a changed mind, if you will, when you look at this, like they had saved individuals, of course. He calls them saints in the first uh, epistle. They, they are saved, and they repent of what they were doing and change their mind towards uh, their attitude towards the sin that was happening there in, within their body, of their local body there, read 1 Corinthians, to see about that. So there was all that but that's the godly sorrow that's also require, that God requires of people. And, and I've talked about that as prayer necessary for salvation and different things like that. I think people go high and to the right on both sides of this argument, by the way. Just stick to the Bible. The Bible all throughout is speaks about repentance. Paul preaches repentance. There's a repentance means there has to be the correct repentance, real repentance, which is godly sorrow which worketh was it says worth worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of it's not going god's not going to change his mind when you come to him as like the publican said you know be merciful to me a sinner now whether or not he was weeping and crying and we have to be that no folks but there has to be godly sorrow not only for you know well th- this has saved individuals here i agree but the principle is there all throughout the bible Now, whether or not somebody gets emotional and I'm not depending on my salvation does not depend upon emotions because those can be worked out of people, get you riled up and worked up. And next thing you know, people have this uh, this experience and that's what they put in their faith and trust in is some experience they had. No, the faith is in Christ's work. And changing you that he can change you. From a sinner to a saint which is what he does because he gives us his righteousness. We're clothed in his righteousness. So I hope that makes sense. Let's continue on. For behold, this selfsame thing, that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation! yea, what fear, yea, what vehement or vehement, desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge in all things ye have reproved yourselves to be clear in this matter. So they had fully, their actions showed that they had repented, their mind had been changed towards a sin, they had done something. It was an outward action that was coming forth of that uh, once again, for by grace are you saved through faith and then you're created unto good works. That's the outpouring of what happens after salvation. Wherefore, though I wrote unto you, I did it not for his cause that had done the wrong, nor for his cause that suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear unto you. Therefore, we were comforted in your comfort, yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. It was refreshing to see this, obviously. For I have boasted anything, or excuse me, for I have boasted anything to him of you. I am not ashamed, but as we speak all things to you in truth, even so our boasting, which I made before Titus is found a truth. And his inward affection is more abundant towards you. Whilst he remembereth the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. I rejoice, therefore, that I have confidence in you in all things. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And uh, I know a lot of things were going on. The dogs were whining and crying and being let out, but hopefully the, there was not distraction there. Um, I lost my train of thought for a couple of times, but we're okay. All right, um, let's go over here real quick. Let's answer. Uh, let's see here. Let's go. Let's go to YouTube first. Hey, uh, so uh, brother Jason's on there. My mom's on there. Hello. Uh, God bless you for doing this. Say, Cheryl, hey, thank you very much. God bless you. I think about how it would have been as a Corinthian Christian living in Greece 2,000 years ago, believing in one true God in the land of many gods. Yeah, very rough. And uh, (laughs) we think we suffer persecution now because somebody calls us weird. Uh, No, Uh, they were suffering real persecution. So great point, Brother Jason and uh Cheryl here says that's exactly our experience my renewed mind. Yes, he gives us a new mind. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We have now the mind of Christ. Before when the spirit is working on you as a lost person, you know, at that moment of salvation. It's not the moment of your first words of prayer, but it's it's a inward experience and that's what it talks about the spirit entering in and fountains of living waters pouring out. Now, the abundance of the heart the mouth's going to speak you know that's why we just go see my other studies about you know is prayer necessary and I think people just get wrapped around the action of the thing folks the simplicity of the gospel is this that God manifest in the flesh came to this earth lived a sinless life according to prophecy he fulfilled the scriptures first Corinthians 15 says so. He died according to the scriptures, exactly how he was supposed to die. He shed his blood for the remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And what his perfect blood did, he sacrificed himself once, shed his blood once, willingly. He laid it down. No man took it from it. He humbled himself, as Philippians 2 says, even to the death of the cross. He did those things. And when he died, was buried, and rose again according to the scriptures three days later, and ascended unto uh, into heaven, where he makes the intercession for us and all these different kinds of things, understand who Jesus is. He's not some prophet. He's God manifest in flesh. Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh, died for you. The only one that could die for you. And if you put your faith in that alone, for by grace are you saved through faith, you didn't see him die you have to have faith in who he is and what he did for you and who you are with the godly sorrow of understanding, oh, I am a sinner, and I cannot do anything about it. God, you are the one that did something about it. You said it is finished. You did the work. That's the simplicity of the gospel, folks. Don't experience, you know, don't depend on an experience, or an emotional decision or anything like that. Just understand, come to the time where you can know Beyond a shadow of doubt that said, hey, I came to that moment where I said, I can't save me. Only you can save me. God, save me. That's the simplicity of the gospel. So thank you, Sister Cheryl. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Hey, Brother Dan over there on Facebook. My dog is whining and crying. My 15-year-old, she can't hear herself, so that's why she's whining super loud. Brother Dan on here, good stuff. Hey, thanks, Brother Dan. God bless you. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, my dad, I'm in. Hey, met a retired Navy chief at the turf planning conference. Has he contacted you yet? No, he has not. So that was my dad. Okay, hey, uh, we're going to get off here. Like I said, I wanted to make it like a, a lot shorter than um, I normally do. Uh, not to kind of rush through things, but if we have to take our time in a chapter, take a couple of different sessions, but I wanted to like reduce the amount of time here. Um, I already saw that I dropped a, a few frames, not sure what happened. Iffy internet, uh, but it is what it is. Hey, would you please uh, like, share, subscribe uh, this channel? Uh, it helps. Please share it. It's one of the most important things you can do is just share. You know, uh, th- We have the discussion group on Facebook, let this mind be in you discussion group. If you want to be a part of that, you have to give a, you know, you, a small testimony and understand, you know, uh, only invite people to closed group that um, have at least a profession of faith and um, have worked meet for repentance. You know, like there's, you know, there's some sort of proof in that um, we can never know only they know, as I talked to my father-in-law about, uh, but yes, yeah, so there's the discussion group, but the main page, let this mind be in you on facebook please share that uh share these videos uh, share the posts that get put on there and it helps really a lot and if you haven't liked or subscribed to the facebook page please do that and let this mind be in you and also the youtube page uh if you'd rather if you're watching this on youtube and uh there's not really a way i don't think they're sharing it um unless you did it through like email and stuff like that um youtube is different obviously and in many aspects like that but um Just share it as best you can. Please like the videos, comment on the videos, and everything like that. It would be a great help. So I appreciate it. Um, Thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You in this wonderful studio of Rambunctious RV, the RV pod, the family pod, as uh, Brother Jason called it. And uh, hey, Sister Janet and Sister Cindy, thank you for watching as well. But, uh, yeah, it's a little different than a uh, home studio that's fully quiet, but, hey, Teach the word, and uh, be ready to teach others. Also, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. It is what it is. Uh, Cheryl says, "I uh, just to offer feedback. I appreciate the longer form videos. YouTube is the main platform I listen to." Okay, well, like I said, some of these may go like an hour. You know, I maybe some of the more produced, but uh, with my internet situation right now, the live is a little bit iffy. And uh, but we got it going. Praise the Lord tonight. All right, God bless you. Thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. I really do appreciate it, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 next week, and uh, hopefully maybe do a little bit more produced videos here and there as it comes along, okay? God bless you. Let this mind be in you. Love you in the Lord. Bye for now.